Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N dot com slash 10. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Ford is going above and beyond to not only create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Oh, gee. Make some noise! Hey, this is Mara Schiavocampo. You may know me from television as a reporter for shows like Dr. Oz and Good Morning America. But this podcast isn't about any of that. A few years ago, I started a major life transformation, losing 90 pounds and gaining a new understanding of how the mind, body, and spirit work together. That's what this is about. Your best life, Elevated. Well, the holidays are here, and along with all that merriment and good cheer comes a whole lot of stress. I know, I know, it's supposed to be blissful jubilation, but the endless obligatory parties, family drama, and shopping are enough to make you want to lay down for a long winter's nap and wake up in January. Don't worry, I got you covered. Today on Elevated, I'm joined by Dr. Jeff Gardier, better known as Dr. Jeff, Assistant Professor of Behavioral Medicine at Turo College of Osteopathic Medicine, the author of three books, and the resident psychologist on a number of TV shows. I know you've seen him. He's here to help us map out your holiday survival guide. Dr. Jeff, thank you for being here. It's it's a pleasure to be with you, Mara. So I used to love the holidays. Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday of the year. I love to cook. I love to eat. Christmas was magical. I love New Year's. I love the whole stretch. And it feels like the older I get, the more I start to dread it. Because I'm as soon as October rolls around, I'm like, again, you know, then I'm Mm -hmm. looking ahead to Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. to shop. I have to plan out gifts. I have to spend all this money. I have to plan cooking. I have to plan accommodating guests or travel or it just feels endless. So Is there any graceful way to kind of pare down the to-do list so that we don't feel so overwhelmed? 
Well, first of all, uh, happy holidays. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'm such a Scrooge, yeah, right? I'm like, not, uh... not at all. <laughs> and the reason that you're feeling this way uh, certainly is because you are a responsible adult, right? Professional mother, uh, wife. And so now you have all of these responsibilities that come along with the holidays. When you were a child, uh, when we were all children, it was the greatest time of the year. It was the best time of the year uh, because we didn't have to be in charge of all of the things that needed to be covered. So the quick answer to your question is we need to delegate. And I know we hear this all the time, but it is important that the holidays become a team effort and not put it on just one person who may be the head of household uh, or the person who now finds themselves or even puts themselves in charge of making sure everything, and there's a lot, there's a lot. is taken care of at the pleasure of family and guests, and you are the last one who gets to enjoy any of that. And by the time it gets to you, there's really nothing left. Right. Well, well you know, it might be nice, and I just had this thought while I was listening to you speak. How can I have a year where I'm the guest at everybody's house? You don't always have to be uh, the host with the most or the hostess with the mostest. Uh, you can actually book yourself uh, to friends' homes, families' homes, and let them know, hey, this year I'd like to take off a little bit, uh, and may I be a guest at your home, but I will bring the sides, I will bring some of uh, the gifts, of course, and I will help out. I just don't want to be the chief uh, cook and bottle washer. Right. Is there a polite way to invite yourself to someone's home? Absolutely. How? Just pick up the cell phone and say, hey, I'd love to be a guest at your home. Uh, what are you doing? Or I understand that you are going to have uh, some sort of a holiday party or dinner. I'd like to help out. May I, may I come? But of course, you never come empty handed. You uh, help out. You're part of the team, but you don't have to be the alpha. And, and the other thing that's important is that you could say, look, um, I'll do it at my house this year. Why don't you do it at your house next year? Uh, and with your circle of friends, you could figure out something for the next two or three years. Yeah, that's a good idea. So a, a, a big part of the reason that the holidays are stressful for a lot of people is because you have to spend time with your family. And that's a, a double-edged sword. You know, I, sure we is. adore our families. They, they're what makes life worth living. But yeah. it feels like your family can trigger you. In ways that no one else can. It's absolutely true. And the experience of almost everyone that I've ever met on this planet. Um, look, let, let's be real about this. Every healthy family is also in some ways a very dysfunctional family. That's such we, a relief to hear. Oh, yeah. I imagine other people's families like are functional. And they're functional. They, yeah. Mine is just the, the odd. No, 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 no. They're, they're dysfunctional in a very functional way. We come to adapt. That's part of being a human being. Um, and therefore, uh, we do know that there may be the family member in all seriousness who may have an alcohol issue or there are old uh uh, relationship issues between siblings. You know, siblings never do grow up. Whatever the right. issues were at 
at 10 or 12 years old, they're still the same issues at 45 and 50. I love that you said that. Yes. Because I feel 10 years old the moment I walk into my parents' house. Isn't that interesting? And my dynamic yes. with my siblings is the same as it's been since I was a child. And we are grown-ups. That's we right. We all have our own families. That's right. How come that doesn't change? Be it ever so terrible, there's no place like home. <laughs> and therefore, when we go back into that environment from our working environment or our day-to-day environment, but go back into the family, then the same family dynamics play out. Most likely because most of us don't get family therapy. We don't all need it. And the dysfunctions are everyday dysfunctions. Dysfunction is not a bad word. It just means that there are some issues that need to be addressed, sometimes that are not addressed, and we do our best to make it work. Some families need more than that, of course. But most of us, we learn to live with whatever the issues are. So we go right back into that cocoon, right back into that environment, and then we play out some of those issues, and then we have our what I call MacGyver fixes, you know, some of the things that we do just to keep things moving along, though it may not be the permanent fix that perhaps we really would like. So what's the best way to cope? I mean, do you just keep your mouth quiet for the sake of peace or do you let it out? How do you manage that? Well, I'm one who believes in the power and the healing uh, power of humor. And so when we see some of these issues playing out, We can laugh about it. We can make some jokes about it. Um, We could find a way to turn it from a heavy moment into a lighter moment right down to, oh, here we go again. We're living this out again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show right here at Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah. So it, it really is about letting people know that, yes, this is a real issue. But it ain't that serious, number one. Number two, you've been doing this for years. We're used to it. Our eyes are rolling up in the back of our heads. You know, let's 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 have a conversation and let's laugh about it. And older sibling, whatever you're not getting, we're paying attention to you at this dinner. Younger sibling, you better step up and go out there and buy an apple pie or make sure you bring something at the next dinner. Right. And what about coping mechanisms just to, for your own self-care? You know, is there anything that you recommend that you find works particularly well in those situations? What, what's hardest for me when I'm visiting my family, yeah. and I adore my family, is that I'm not at home. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. with my things. Yeah. So I'm in like their guest room with their sheets and towels and their kitchen. And, yeah. you know, that's it interferes with my ability to care for myself because the things I would normally do at your home comfort when I'm stressed. Things. Yes. It's much harder for me to do. So are there any self-care things that we can engage in while we're in these environments? Well, there are a couple of things you could do. Uh, First and foremost is to prepare yourself before you go out uh, to visit family, Uh, whether it's to say a prayer, whether it's to form a strategy with your significant other uh, or kids as to uh, what the decorum will be, how they will behave if a certain situation comes uh, about how to deal with that, whether stepping out of the room, whether changing the conversation, whether saying, OK, let me go into the kitchen and help with something else, uh, whatever strategies may work or have worked for you. But it is good to prepare oneself, have that conversation. Uh, the second thing is, and following your point, Mara, um, is maybe bringing something that brings you creature comfort uh, from home, bringing it to 
that particular place where you're going to be, whether it's that really loud sweater, <laughs> you know, uh, whether it's bringing maybe some of even some of your own dishes or, um, you know, knives or forks that make you feel comfortable and letting other people use them. But, you know, that it's your contribution. It's a piece of you that's there, whether it's uh, a home baked pie that you like to make or particular kind of uh, food. Uh, I think all of the what whatever makes you feel comfortable, maybe even bringing a thumb drive. Notice I didn't say a CD. <laughs> I saw someone selling a CD on the corner. I said, I don't have a CD player anymore, man. Right. He got really upset about that. Well, my daughter got a book with a CD in it with the song. Yeah, the yeah. Book, and she said, can we play this? And I looked at it and I said, no, like I'm not saying no, we can't. I'm saying right. we literally can't. Right, <laughs> right. Well, you could turn it into a Frisbee, right. a little bit dangerous, though. <laughs> but even if it means bringing some of your own music. Music that you would like to play and share, whatever makes you feel comfortable or part of the family where you also have your family, your familiar surroundings, bring that. Um, I, I know my daughter loves to bring her uh, her blanket so that after that meal and she gets the itis, right, <laughs> that she tired itis, right. <laughs> she could lay down with that blanket and it makes her feel comfortable. It's interesting that children instinctively do that. You know, they yeah. want to take with them something yeah. that makes them comfortable, and we kind of we kind of lose that. They're, well, they're, they're transitional object, as we say in psychology. And little did do we know as adults, we have our own transitional objects, whatever they can be. Mm-hmm. For some people, though, it might be something that is not too good, like, you know, their favorite bottle of liquor <laughs> right. or something. But, you know, again, and with that, I think it's really important that we not use alcohol as a way to self-medicate uh, during the holidays. A lot of people do that. All right, I do that. I'm going to be very transparent about that. You know, when I get stressed out, yeah. that is because my tradi- – I don't know how much you know about my story, but I lost a lot of weight in the last seven years. I lost 90 pounds. Really? And wow. And so food okay. was my drug yes. for most yes. of my life. Yes, yes. So – for me, having a cocktail is an improvement because I'm not going to my old drug, which was food, which yeah. is really a problem yeah. for me. Yeah. I know I can have two or three now and then Monday I'm right back on track and I'm in the groove yes. and it's not going to interfere with my life. Yes. But it is absolutely a coping mechanism for me when I get stressed well, out. Well, the thing is we like to say everything in moderation. So certainly I'm not going to uh, be that person that says, oh, you can't have any alcohol. What I'm saying is uh, we all like to have some wine or maybe something a little bit stronger, but it really is important not to get into the situation of getting drunk or getting really tipsy where you're not feeling well or that alcohol lowering your inhibition that you end up saying or doing something that you regret later on. So a little bit of lubrication, as we say, is absolutely fine. But if you have a problem with alcohol or if it's a situation of where you're just overdoing it in order to feel better, then you've got to be really careful with that. Mm. So when I talked about preparation, before you leave, you could say to yourself, and I'm very calorie conscious, by the way, so you know about that. So I will say to myself, I set a rule, no more than two or maybe even three if it's a long evening of alcohol and always on, not on an empty stomach, but actually 
having food, and then, of course, having a designated driver. Right. Or, or an Uber. Or an Uber. <laughs> There's so many ride Right. Or, or, or any kind of ride sharing. Yeah. Is Uber a sponsor? No, they're not. You're okay. Right. So All right. So any ride sharing. Right. right. Um, well, since we're on the subject of alcohol, you know, there are a lot of office parties. A lot yes. of professional events. Yes. Alcohols at all of them. Yeah. Um, I could tell you stories. Yes. About very famous media figures. Yes. At the Christmas party after too many cocktails. Yeah. Um, it's not pretty. No. So how do you keep that in check? Because you want to be able to bond with your coworkers. Absolutely. And you spend all year in the grind and finally you have a couple of hours to kick back. But you don't want to wake up the next morning and go, oh, my God, did I really do that in front of my boss? Well, I, I like to say don't obliterate your uh, your frontotemporal lobe uh, in your brain. Uh, this is where we make uh, cognitive decisions. Uh, this is where we have some sort of judgment. And so, yes, you're partying. Yes, these are people who you work with every day that you're now relaxing with. But it is still work. You're still at the workplace. So there has to be some decorum. So, again, just as you made the rule before you left or try to make the rule of not having too many uh, at the family party, certainly you have to double down on that when it comes to the office party, that you don't want to, under the influence of alcohol, say or do something that can hurt your career later on or that can make you look like a fool. You don't want that to happen. The old lampshade when we used to have lamps, right? <laughs> um you know, that kind of a situation then makes you regret that you ever went to that party. And I could tell you as a professor, um, even at the school where I teach, that we in the past maybe have had one or two people who did something that they weren't so happy about. And because of that, they no longer even show up to parties. Right, so don't put yourself. Yeah, exactly. So don't put yourself <laughs> in that situation. You know, program yourself. That you are going to have a good time, that you can have a few drinks, but if you start feeling silly or, you know, your, your emotional or judgmental immune system is being compromised, then that's the time to say adios. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. Exactly. I, you know what I have seen, and I've seen this a lot, like many, many years in a row, where people will go to the office party. They'll have like the one cocktail and then they will leave with like their core group of coworker friends, mm -hmm. the people they're very close to. Yes. And then they'll go somewhere and really let and their that's hair okay. down. If these are people that you can trust, they are your core group, uh, then absolutely that's fine. Right. So it's like yeah. the office party is like the pregame. Yeah, then you really, exactly. And then you really go Exactly. And now, remember, ride, ride sharing. sharing. <laughs> ride sharing. Responsible yes. drinking. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my mother used to say to me, um, remember, the holidays can be very sad for a lot of people. Yes. And I didn't get that as a kid because I thought, who could be sad this time of year? It's magical. Um, but now I can only imagine if I would have lost someone very close to me this year and this were the first year without them or even the 10th year without them, is that the holidays are, are, are really very empty without people that you love who are gone. How do you manage that grief around this time? Um, you, you know, I, I guess as you can tell, I'm that silver linings playbook kind of right. guy, right? <laughs> positive, uh, a positive, positive mental attitude with everything. And I'm also a very spiritual person. I'm an ordained minister in addition to being a psychologist and so on. Ooh, I'm so that's grateful. An perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just so grateful for everything that I have. So I have to say that. But, um, 
it is a very difficult time of year, the holidays, especially when there's someone that we've lost or is no longer with us or someone who can be very sick, for example, and can't make it to um, to the gathering. So, But I would say for those people who are grieving, uh, for someone who's no longer with us, it's also the time to celebrate them too. And so one of the things that I've learned that, you know, that, some of the folks used to do in the hood, the brothers used to be in, do in the hood, when they would have their liquor, they'd pour some on the right. ground okay. and they say, you know, for so-and-so. So there's a variation of that. And that could be leaving a chair open at the table oh, with that. a plate where you toast and you celebrate that person who isn't there and have people go around and share their memory and say a prayer to them, but you keep their memory alive Mm -hmm. and we keep them in our hearts and therefore their life was not wasted Mm -hmm. they had significance they left that carbon footprint sometimes we share the stories as to how they may have changed our lives and then we toast them with our alcohol or toast them with our club soda whatever the case may be Um, and that is a way to celebrate them and not concentrate or focus on the loss of that person, but how they enriched our lives and that they will always be in our lives, especially around the holidays. Mm, I love that. I think I'm going to make that a new tradition for my family. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we do it in, in, in my family Mm -hmm. and for the person who can't be there because they're ill, they may be in the nursing home or assisted living. We have a little pre-holiday thing that we do for them where we spend the time with them or we Skype them in or FaceTime them in uh, for maybe 10 or 15 minutes so everyone can say hello or we make the phone call and everyone, you know, for she's a jolly good person, <laughs> you know. And so, again, showing them that we care. And I know something that you've done, something that we do a lot is the whole morning before the event, mm-hmm. calling every elder that we know and wishing them a happy holiday and checking on them. Yeah, that's important. Especially when you have little kids, they really like to hear from the little kids. Oh, yes. I mean, it makes their whole day. Yes. Especially if they sent a gift ahead of time. Yes. Yeah, it's really great. Yes. Um, And speaking of gifts, the financial strain is real. Oh, yes. You know, the holidays come around, you feel like you have to buy everybody a gift. You you want to make it magical for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, is there a good way to manage that? I mean, even not having to give everyone a gift. <laughs> That's it. You see, now I could give you the cookie cutter answer. Oh, you can make a gift. You can. <laughs> That's time spent. That's even more stressful. That's arts and crafts. Okay. <laughs> and some of us are not good at arts and crafts. Right. So, but being serious about that, one of the things you can do is find old photos uh, and make a copy mm-hmm. and put that in a card. And it really is about the message. It really is about the experience that you may have had with that person and that you share that. So one of the things that we do in my family is that we pass around mementos. We find uh, from the week before, we go back and look at old photographs. We put them in a card with a message and we give them to that person that it means something to there's your uh, gift. That and is then, a great yeah. idea. Oh, it is. And then the kids say, boy, Dad, you're really cheap. But <laughs> <laughs> I say, yes, but we're rich in memories, right? <laughs> but the other thing that I do is, um, especially when we have a lot of family members, for each particular family, you may have five or six related families there, you buy a gift not for the individuals but for the families. Mm. 
and you don't have to spend a lot so of money. So what's like something, I mean, it's a great idea. What's something, like, would you get them, like, something for the kitchen or food? Yeah, exactly. Something for the kitchen. Um, and you could even spend, you know, electronics are not that much money anymore. Right. You know, buy them. I don't want to give any names because I don't know if they're your, sp- they better be right. sponsors right. first, We're right? Get, get, next time this segment will be sponsored. Next time right. you come, right. we're going to exactly. shout out all kind of Exactly. <laughs> but they're, they're really cute uh, sort of uh, technology wonders that you can now get. Uh, and you get them for the whole family. I know one of the things I did for my boys was I went out and bought them this video game, which was like 95 bucks. But, you know, the three boys, they're still playing them now. Right. That This is all you have news you can use. You've really given me tips that I can actually use. They're not just kind of the boilerplate. Oh, you hear it every year. Like, these are things that I'm going to incorporate. I feel more well, Mary, relaxed be- and festive it, already. Well, thank you. It's because I'm old. Okay. <laughs> I'm an older person now. I'm a senior citizen. Are you? And so, yes. So it's not. I'm in my 60s now. I'm a champion for older persons. You know, and I, one I always, day we'll talk about that. Well, I always say for, with black people, you can't tell. Well, I, I would have guessed in your 40s. You know, the, the, the important thing is it's not just about giving advice that we get from books. It's why it's important that we have our experiences and each one teach one and we share the experiences that happen to work and the ones that don't work. We need to talk about those, too, because it could be fair warning and helps people. So I appreciate you, Mara, doing this show because it really is about giving useful information to people out there. What a gift. People can find you on Twitter at Dr. Jeff Gardier, also on Facebook at Dr. Jeff Gardier. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Again, a pleasure and happy holidays. Happy holidays. New episodes of Elevated drop on Mondays. Please subscribe and review. In the meantime, send me questions, ideas, or feedback. I'm on all social platforms as Mara Scampo. And use the hashtag Elevated Podcast. Sponsorship for this podcast is brought to you by Ford. Built Ford Proud. Ford is going above and beyond in innovation to create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology on the market. With charging made easy with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger, as well as over 19,000 charging stations in the Blue Oval Charge Network. See why Ford's new EVs are redefining what electric can do. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many exciting and affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more about the electric revolution. Built Ford Proud. Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are preparing for career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, forensic investigations, and cybersecurity and digital forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online. Legal professionals know that e-discovery can be painful, but the right platform can help you find the truth in minutes. Just how Everlaw helped crack the case in the Theranos civil litigation. Using Everlaw's cutting-edge technology, the lead lawyer quickly combed through millions of documents to find his smoking gun. That's why Amlaw 200 firms, Fortune 500 corporations, and all 50 state AGs trust Everlaw to find critical information in massive amounts of data. Book your demo today at everlaw.com. 